This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The the Gospel for Life. This is the 4th of July, and so on Independence Day, it's good that you have decided to join us. We have been given some very strict instructions about what we may or may not do on <laughs> this particular show. And you're, I know this you're is... You're kind of getting a look, Russell. We're not singing the Star, Star Spangled Banner. And we had wanted, because we are patriots, but our producer is not, um, <laughs> we had wanted to start the show by singing the Star Spangled Banner. So... You are going to have to use your active imagination and just imagine us yes. singing the Star Spangled Banner to start this. <laughs> In like a barbershop quartet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> With the <laughs> harmonies. The harmonies would be incredible. Yeah. So, But we have been dealing with some just questions that some apply to pastoral ministry, us as pastors um, particularly. The next set is really not necessarily attached to any of that but this is maybe just for my own curiosity's sake and what i'm really concerned about is not the initial answer but the explanation the why is what always fascinates me or interests me so the first is what's your favorite book of the bible and naturally the why what the behind it for me it's psalms because it i i feel like that book has everything in it. Um, so it has doctrine, it has devotion, it has poetry, it has prophecy. It can, if, if you're looking at Psalms correctly, it tells you the whole story of the Bible. Um, and it's a songbook um, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my reason. What would be your runner up? Uh, the Book of John. I think it lays out the doxology and glory of Christ like no other New Testament book. I know that's subjective, but. Just the seven I am statements in Scripture. I mean, in those I am statements, we see Jesus telling us that he is everything that we need. And he puts it in very earthly terms uh, that we would be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to agree with Josh because uh, he said it so well <laughs> in, in both aspects. I can't say that I have a favorite. Um, you know, it's kind of like, like asking who's your favorite kid, right? Yeah. I know. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. There's, you know, I, 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 I think that every time – I do have favorite kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so do, so do we. Okay. If you Isaac. want to uh, Russell's children, we, we, uh, we you totally. can email him at uh, Gospel for Life. Yeah, if you're, if you I if tell my kids. Yeah. I, I, have five, I have five kids, which means that I can like one of you each day, and I don't like any of you on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> I think it's worth five. She needs counseling Russ, since, since we're since we're off the subject here. Yeah, you know, we, you know, our, our boys would say uh, something about you know. 
Rebecca's your favorite. And <laughs> my wife would say, I'm glad you understand that now. It'll save you therapy later. <laughs> 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 but um, no, I, I, I really can't say that I have a favorite uh, book of the Bible. I think that one of the things that happens, particularly when you're you're preaching, that that particular book becomes your favorite while, while you're going through it. There, you, you know, Before you can communicate to somebody else, you are actually learning from it yourself. And in that learning, you, you're, you're reaching depths that you didn't get when you were just simply maybe devotionally reading uh, those passages. So I can't say I have a favorite. I mean, I think that uh, the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God set everything for me, uh, mm. you know, mm-hmm. from that point forward. Yeah, just to echo those thoughts. I mean, it's it's hard hard to choose. I mean, the Psalms are I agree with what's been said there. Ephesians is one. You know, I, I'm going through it now, but but, uh, but yeah. also to a paper on it in in um, seminary, and it's always been just one of my my favorite books. But I also I love I love numbers actually. And, you know, it's people can look at numbers and think, oh, it's just kind of all these genealogies and stuff, but. In the middle of it, it's it's got some amazing historical narratives and some of, of the people moving through and leaving Sinai and going through the wilderness and arriving on the plains of Moab before they cross the Jordan. Well, I, th- I think that you know sometimes you know the, another way to ask this would be, what book w- of the Bible would you direct somebody to read first? And mm-hmm. I think that in that sense, I might the Gospel of John, yeah. or um, you know, one of, the, or maybe the Gospel of Mark. Ephesians would be another place um, where you, you want to read, where you have before you ever get. You know, oftentimes people think that the Bible is all about these different commandments and stuff like that. Well, actually, if you read Ephesians, you know, you, the first half of it is telling us who we are mm-hmm. before it ever gets to a therefore. Um, you read halfway through before you ever get to some sort of imperative. And so I think that's the important thing of reading Ephesians. Um, so I would probably, in in terms of advising somebody to read, if they haven't read the Bible at all, I'd tell them to read in a gospel account about who Jesus was. And then I might lead them to the book of Ephesians. I think I would echo your guys' sentiment that my first choice would be the book of Psalms. I, I think my second choice actually would be the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Um there's just such a, a richness to the work of the author of Hebrews, whoever that person might be, how they direct your attention to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful way of taking all of these Old Testament themes and texts and helping the you as the reader see how Jesus fulfills those. Mm-hmm. And it's just a wonderful book of showing the continuity of the Word of God. And yes, there might be some difficult passages there, but there's just some glorious passages there about about the glory of Christ. And so, how about favorite passage from the Bible? Passage that maybe has, that you come back to time and time again. Like for Martin Luther, it was Psalm 46, that that was a text that he would come back to time and time again. <clears throat> given the circumstances of his world and day. Do you have a, a Psalm 46 type of text in your own life? I think for me it's the upper room discourse starting in John 14, depending on where you end it. But, you know, yeah, uh, Jesus says, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And it just sets off this 
you know, these dominoes of all this comfort that Jesus gives to his disciples right before he dies, which is so, I don't know if the right word is ironic, but Jesus is the one that should be comforted. Mm. And yet he's spending all of his time comforting his disciples and preparing them for what's next. And I think it's such a manual for how to be comforted in this Christian life. Though one of them, yeah, I mentioned Ephesians, the last question, but Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. That's what I did my exegesis paper on. I thought you were for sure going to go <laughs> Ephesians 1. But no, actually, three, Ephesians three. 2, 1 to 10 is okay. one of the ones I go to often. And it's because in those verses, there's it's such a comfort because of the contrast that Paul is making there. You know, he's, he's talking about, you know, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We all once walked according to the prince, the power of the, I mean, you know, the one, they we're sons of disobedience, sons of wrath. But then in verse four, there's that phrase, but God being rich in mercy with the great love with which he loved us. And then he goes into this um, language of has you know raised us with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly places. And just the, the language there, I mean, that's, those are past actions that have been done. And here we are in this world, but it's such a reminder that God's work of salvation is it, it's a complete work. And he can speak of it as something that's been accomplished. Like we are seated with Christ. We are united to him. And then it gets to just the whole summary of the gospel, like those two verses, eight and nine, that summarize all of scripture, that for grace we have been saved through faith, not that of, uh, not of ourselves, but as a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one boast. And uh, that's the gospel in a nutshell. But then also 10, it ends with, there is fruit though. You know, we were, we're God's workmanship uh, created unto good works and to do, you know, prepared in Christ beforehand and uh, that we should walk in them. And it's, it, it just summarizes everything so completely, in my mind, those 10 verses. Amen. Passage that I come back to a lot of times, and this probably relates mostly to the pastoral ministry that you enter into, is First um, Corinthians chapter 2, the verse, verses 1 through 5 there. Um, Paul's talking about um, when he came to Corinth there, and he says, And when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. That that whole, you know, for me, entering into the ministry takes me out of my comfort zone. I identify with Paul talking about being in weakness and fear and much trembling. I can't even go to the pulpit without uh, certain anxieties. And so, you know, but my true desire is to proclaim Christ and Him crucified. And that's the place I keep coming back to. And I, you know, when I read biographies of Christian men, very often I find their first sermons were from this text. Mm. And that it, that was my first sermon as well. And I guess maybe that's because that's where my where I planted my feet as I entered into ministry that it it just resonates over and over again to me. You know, I you know I don't have a ready tongue, <laughs> you know, in, in that. So I and I find myself, you know, Ryan Ryan said a few days ago that you know he was the quiet person in the back of the room mm-hmm. that was me too you know i was not i i'm not a self-promoter so this this passage resonates with me but the message that i have to proclaim is jesus christ and him crucified mm-hmm. 
For me, um, Isaiah 40 has always just been a, a significant text in, in my life. It There's a phrase in, I think it's verse 9, that says, Behold your God. And then the rest of the, of the chapter is the, the proclamation of who God is. And what you'll find is that it's it's absolutely dense with God's attributes, mm-hmm. and just such a wide array. Mm. His tenderness, carrying his lambs and his chest, to his power, to his wisdom, to his majesty, and the, the resounding question throughout the the text is, "Who will you compare me to?" Yeah, I'm the incomparable one, and for me, I think it's so easy. To compare God to the circumstances of our world and to other things that are going on, and we we compare God to those things, and those things seem bigger than God. And so for me, it's just this constant reminder that I need of, no, this is truly the God I have opportunity to serve, and he is incomparable. And in my earthiness, I just need to have that constant reminder. Once again, I'm going to plug the conference, ReformationBoise.com, September 22nd, 23rd, Miles Van Pelt, Jonathan Gibson. God to us is the theme. It's on the covenant and God's covenantal promises and dealings with his people. If you have any feedback that you want to give to us, questions that you would like us to address, you can email at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.